Hello everyone, and welcome to the Fully Charged Podcast. I am your host, David Oxford, also known as LBD Night Train. Joining me this week, as every week, or however often you listen to this, is our proto-guy in the sky, Ostrin Bry. <laughs> I, I know this is a reference to something, but I can't put my finger on it. Right? <laughs> Maybe subconsciously. I don't, I don't know. know. Really... Proto guy in the sky. Na, 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 na. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, there, there's like eye in the sky eye with Arnie Pie on the Simpsons, but like that's the closest I can think of there. I wasn't even really thinking that at the moment. Well, I guess I will shoot you then. <laughs> Before we recorded, he said you will probably shoot me for this, so I'm gonna I'm gonna do that. I said someone probably will. It might be you. It might not. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, uh, this episode, Megamania is running wild, or so we're told. Uh, the episode in question is episode 10, Running Wild, in which student elections get blown out of proportion, literally, when Airman lends his support to Aki's rival for class president, Peter Punk. Now, before we get into the, in, into our, like, you know, hits and misses with the episode, this description came out pretty early on. This was the last from the initial batch, I believe. And, yeah, I don't know that the description accurately encapsulates the episode in question. Uh, specifically, did Airman ever really lend his support to Peter Punk, who seems to have lost part of his name in this description? No. It made you like kind of think he would align with him, that the two would collaborate, but... No. Yeah, that was just, like... Yeah, what happened is, at the start of the... Because usually we don't, like, go into too much detail on, like, you know, the play-by-play, as it were, because usually the episode capsules usually sum up enough and you can figure it out from there. Uh, Mega Man wins the day, that kind of thing. But, yeah, we're going to go a little off-script, so to speak, uh, with this one. Basically, Mega Man fights Airman to a nice little remix of the Airman theme at the start of the episode. Um, and ends up copying his power in the process, and kind of a funny, well, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll get into the, no, I'll, I'll go ahead and touch on it now, because, uh, Airman, he has kind of an inflated opinion of himself, which I wonder if that's not tied into the whole can't beat Airman meme, <laughs> him thinking he's so great. Yeah. I don't know if that's deliberate or not. In any case, uh, Mega Man's power absorption thing does its thing where it starts to influence him, and he starts getting this ego and thinking he's so hot. So great, in fact, that he decides to run against not only Peter Punkowski for the uh, class president, who uh, it seems Suna is abdicating, and she's not running this time, but she's the former one. But not only is he running against uh, Peter Punkowski, I hope I'm getting that name right because otherwise this is going to be embarrassing, uh, but also his good friend Burt Wiley, which kind of hurts Burt's feelings. But um, in any case, yeah, Mega Man gets an ego about it and starts wanting to do anything to win, basically, without even really valuing the, the office, as it were, uh, until he kind of gets a grip on himself and, uh, you know takes care of uh, Airman in a clever way, and then things kind of go from there. But, yeah, that's I, th- I think that's basically the gist, right? Yeah, just about. This episode was, you know, I've never been, like, a, a fan of, like, the, uh, the class president election episodes, you know, of, like, cartoons or what have you. And this one kind of felt 
along the similar lines. It's just okay. Okay of an episode. Yeah, the, the... Okay, yeah, I know what you mean about that kind of episode, because for as long as I've been alive, I'm pretty sure I've seen, whether in cartoons or Saved by the Bell or... Maybe maybe some movies and other TV shows. It just seems like running for class president is this thing. And <laughs> there was one of the things that's like here, Burt Wiley is promising, like, say, uh, free ice cream or something. And it, t- it turns out he's actually kind of got like, you know, not just like free ice cream for the students, but it's like those who do their homework. So there's it's a little more... Uh, I guess, believable, for lack of a better term. Yeah. And I'm asking because, do class presidents ever have that kind of power? When I, I don't know, when I was in school, like, it was more of a thing on TV than it ever was in real life. Is running for class president and making decisions like this, and it's just so <laughs> fictional feeling to me. It's like... You you do teaching, right? Yeah, it's it's incredibly Yeah, is it what what is this? Is this a thing? Did I just miss it in North Carolina or something? What is this? So it's so off base. It's like I don't know who who where the writers are sending their kids to school to where this actually happens, but th- this doesn't happen. Like when you're a class president in elementary school, you're you're basically like in charge of collecting everybody's homework or sitting in a special chair. Um, you, you really, you have no real say in how the school is actually run or, or anything. It's just, it's mostly just kind of an empowering kind of thing. Yeah. (laughs) Sorry, I have to ask. Yes. A special kind of chair, you say? A special kind of chair. What kind of chair? A swivel chair. Ooh. You know, you you trade out the, uh, the crappy plastic chairs with a nice swivel chair and you can swivel around all day (laughs) and wheel yourself around if you want, but, uh... Okay, I can see why somebody would want to run for that, but still, it feels a little blown out of proportion in our uh, media. It is. And, like, in high school, it was a little more, for, for me at least, it was a little more involved. Like, you did kind of get to decide, like, okay, this is going to be an activity after school and this and that, but every decision that came across your desk, you still had to run it through administration, you know? <laughs> so it's like, eh, it's kind of moot. So it's kind of like being a community manager for a video game company. That's right. It is. <laughs> <laughs> okay, out of curiosity, where do you live? I live in Missouri, here in America. Mm-hmm. Missouri, right, right. And I'm, I live in Toronto. I used to live in North Carolina, like total East Coast here. You ever lived in California? No. Always wanted to. Maybe it's a California thing. Maybe it's a Hollywood, L.A. kind of thing. Maybe, maybe they give their uh, students that much power there. Maybe somebody can tell us. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Is, is someone that, like... that would explain why it always shows up in like you know like the TV shows and movies and cartoons and stuff. Yeah, because it's like all the writers out in California basing it off their life experiences. Right, and you know what? that reminds me. Like whenever they depict classrooms and TV shows and cartoons, elementary classrooms, they're always like the desks are in line, you know, in, in rows. But that, that's not like that. We have an actual system where the kids have to be grouped together in, like, groups of four and five. It's it's part of their, uh, their, their, their social development, you know. But, you know, they wouldn't know that because I guess th- that's not their life experience. Or, you know, they're sending their kids to, like, private schools or something. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. No, yeah. in fairness, I, I seem to remember rows of uh, desks being a thing going back to elementary school. Yeah. So it's it's, it's changed. It's uh, I don't know, Lucy Calkins. 
It's this woman that did all this stuff for elementary ed. Yeah. She, she's like our Bible. <laughs> Wild. Okay. Well, I, I guess uh, things change. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, back to the rest of the episode. Um, yeah. So what'd you think of uh, Airman's new design here? Super, super out of the ordinary. Like a lot of the, the, the classic series robot masters that we've seen, they're, they're still kind of grounded and anchored to their de- original designs in the games a little bit. Recognizable. Yeah, recognizable. Yeah, they're recognizable. But Airman is just... It didn't look like Airman. Like, we all know Airman because he has, you know, he's got that giant fan in the middle, no mouth. But, like, I don't know. It was just... It didn't really look like Airman. This could have been someone else or someone new altogether. Now, I'm trying to remember exactly what he looked like. Uh, but, I mean, I think he kind of kept the torso with eyes thing, yeah, had, but I think that was about it. Yeah, torso with eyes, and I think he had, like, two two engines, like, for, for ears or whatever. Had, like, yeah. Or shoulders yeah, or shoulders, something. Yeah, shoulders, something like it was, that. felt a little more reminiscent of Windman. Yeah, it's, um, gosh, it reminded me of someone. Um, what's his name? Monsters, Inc., uh, Mike... Michael Wazowski or whatever. Yeah, Mike Wazowski, that, that body type <laughs> with the really the, the small arms and legs and the, the orb body. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It wasn't wasn't doing much for me. Robot Masters, Inc. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, it's uh, this one's definitely one of those, like, oh, that Starscream kind of moments. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Referencing the Michael Bay movies again here. Uh, like I said, had a nice little remix of his theme going there. Uh, one thing I noticed is like Mega Man, we've talked before about how Mega Man's movements in this are very Mega Man. A lot of the jumping, shooting, sliding, it honestly feels like, you know, stuff you'd do in a game if you're going to fight somebody. And they added something uh, to that a little bit here. Maybe they used it before, but he was like really doing it a lot uh, here in the opening moments, I believe, where he's doing a lot of wall clinging. I don't know if it was quite to the full level of X, like, you know, sliding wall jumping, but maybe closer to... You know, just like kind of sticking and jumping off like in uh, Power Fighters or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I loved it. Widening that uh, repertoire, as it were. We talked about Punk uh, just recently. Punkowski, Punk, whatever he's supposed to be. Uh, before, he seemed a little admirable, like in his appreciation for the historical artifacts in the museum and everything. Uh, it, was, it was something I could appreciate, let's just say that. Yes. Here, he... Sh- I won't call him villainous, but he certainly seemed more self-centered as he was trying to, I, I believe what he said was like, you know, if he, during Airman's attack is basically if he can like, you know, uh, get his vote in and be the only one who votes, then he becomes the new president. Meanwhile, Bert's being, and this is like crazy because I mean, again, this is Bert Wiley, emphasis <laughs> on Wiley, it being the responsible civic minded one. And, you know, here Punk's just, well, we, we know he's a snotty little punk, but this is a little on the nose. <laughs> he's, a, he's a politician here, <laughs> you know. Fair. Yeah. Yeah, ba- back on Bert for a second, though. It's like, God, seeing how, like I said, responsible and, like, you know, watching over the other students he was, it's, oh, my God, his fall. I, I'm assuming there's going to be a fall coming eventually for him, and it's going to be spectacular. <laughs> I can't wait. Because there is not a, the, the closest hint at villainy from him we have so far is a slight affinity for skulls on his 
various odds and ends. Yes. <laughs> and I, I don't know that, I mean, yeah, there's that whole, like, are we the baddies skit, but I, I don't know that, you know, being into skulls necessarily, you know, is a solid identifier as a bad guy. So I'm confident saying, like, I mean, he's a good kid here, near as we can tell, and yeah, just at least i hope his fall will be spectacular because i mean it's i i actually want to be saddened by it and at this point i feel like i would be now if this like all turned Mm. out to be some sort of weird ruse or something that would be disappointing but if something actually happens that just shatters his like you know viewpoint on life and turns him to villainy i'm hoping for something spectacular there me too like uh i don't know maybe he'll he'll side with sergeant knight or something or uh, I, I don't know, like, he, he has to be wily for a reason, like, they didn't just write him to, you know, he's not like a, a no-name new character made for fully charged, like, he's gotta be a wily for a reason, you know? So, yeah, yeah, there's there's just too much hints at his, you know, former life, so to speak. Well, I say former like he's not still doing that in <laughs> Mega Man 11, but you know what I mean. I, yeah, I know. His, yeah. Uh, his other self, as it were. There's, like, you know, just enough there that, you know, it's not just, like, Mega Man Legends where it's like, oh, hey, this uh, old man with a mustache, gray mustache and hair, like, you know, kind of looks like Wily. Let's call him Wily. Mm-hmm. You know, kind of nothing reference. No, this is very much, very much Wily, but at the same time, not. It's really kind of interesting to wonder where they're going with this. Yeah. It's like a part of me wants them, like, you know, hurry it up. Let's, let's see. But... No, I kind of, I kind of, I like seeing this drawn out. Okay, what's it going to be? What's going to push him over the edge? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And we know it's not going to be their thing. Unless, like, the writing just ends up being kind of bad there. Because he already, like, you know, kind of did that to himself. Yeah. <laughs> right. Let's see. The uh, other thing that stood out in this episode to me. We talked about Peter's, the snot constantly dripping from his uh, nose thing and how that's, unappealing let's just say now i'm when i watched this episode i mean i was coming off a cold and you know i was kind of dealing like i didn't have that going on but still just having him constantly sniffing that thing back up in there i i did not need that (laughs) (laughs) oh gosh That, that 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 was like just a little too close to home with me it's like i i got my own problems with that yeah thanks i don't need this I really don't. It's just, you know, like, one of those psychological things. Yeah, yeah. Like, Ugh. <sighs> got anything else on this episode to talk about? Incidentally, if I sound a little off, uh, it might be because I'm still kind of just, like, on the cusp of the end of the cold here, so. Yeah. Um, Aki was just a real kind of schmuck in this one. So much so that, you know, he, he used his, his alter ego as Mega Man to kind of uh, advance his agenda and you know I, I get that goes into the whole the whole point of the episode but it was just like i don't know it kind of made me uncomfortable <laughs> you know um I, I don't know i wasn't bothered by it because like once it clicked with me that because i don't think we've seen it happen in a bit but once it clicked with me that it was uh, airman's influence that was you know making him act this way it was kind of like oh okay well that makes sense yeah the, the cockiness and yeah yeah i am so great i am so great SMRT. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. Yeah, I think, like, when he recorded that line, he accidentally left out the A, and they just ran with it. <laughs> Maybe. I think I, I, think I read that somewhere. But <laughs> it's, it's great either way. Yeah. 
that's the Simpsons for any of you who haven't watched far enough back to catch the reference, but <laughs> you really should. Yeah, and the old ones are classic. But uh, that's another cartoon. We're here to talk about Mega Man. And speaking of Mega Man, I believe uh, you've got a news item for us this episode. Uh, yes, I do. So, uh, just the other day, Capcom, they reported their uh, fiscal results for the year, and um, they are very pleased with uh, Mega Man X Legacy Collection sales. They didn't give us a concrete number, but they did say across all uh, platforms, Switch, PlayStation 4, Xbox, PC, Legacy Collection 1, Legacy Collection 2, and the bundle uh, met their expectations. And, you know, that's that's a really good thing. And personally, I hope it's sold enough to say to Capcom, hey, there's still an interest in Mega Man X, so let's get a X9 going here. Of course, uh, part of that may be contingent on Mega Man 11 as well, but I think it's a little early to determine that. Right. Now, you said they didn't give specific numbers here, so, like, do we know if any one version or you know combination thereof sold better than the others do they not give a like a ballpark figure at all do we just know that they're satisfied no it just uh it says um Eggman X legacy collection legacy Collection 2 and one plus two for playstation 4 nintendo switch xbox one and pc in all three cases perform well thanks to a dedicated fan base and a strong brand capabilities so all three cases, that's actually indicates, because, I mean, the big concern was, like, okay, they put, for lack of a better term, they put the good games on the first collection, they put the not-so-good games on the second collection. Yeah. And without, like, you know, it just seemed like, okay, people are going to buy the first one and leave the second one. Right. Except in the case where, like, where you're getting them both together, like, you know, on a disc or whatever. Yeah. And uh, it, it sounds like... um like legacy collection 2 pulled its weight yeah I, i'm thankful for that you know i'm i'm on the camp that really likes x7 and x5 not x7 oh gosh Cut i that. was about to say <laughs> no no dude. no x8 you're fired <laughs> i'm kidding i'm kidding take away oh. my fan license guys tear me to pieces <laughs> uh x8 and x5 fantastic um but yeah yeah like you said david it's really heartening to see legacy collection 2 did well too definitely yeah. yeah even even though like i i have a little bit of iffiness like as far as the bonus stuff like you know but on the other hand compared to what konami is doing with castlevania i mean it's like friggin you know yeah right not even gold platinum i mean it's like just <laughs> but uh, i suppose that's a topic for another time uh in fact i've been kind of wondering if we should like you know maybe do a side episode or something uh you watch the castlevania netflix series i am halfway through season two Okay, uh, I had uh, we uh, basically just kind of uh, binged last night on it because Nadia had to write something for a U.S. gamer. But yeah, I'm wondering if we should uh, talk about that in comparison to uh, Fully Charged and any thoughts or things like that. You know, I guess reach out to us uh, if you think that that's, you know, a valid topic of discussion that you would like to hear us go over. Uh, you can let me know at the MM Network on Twitter or Tumblr and uh, the Mega Man Network on Facebook or the mmnetwork.com well maybe don't let me know there so much but um, you can find ways to contact me there if uh, for some reason social media doesn't suit you Um, and if they want to tell you where would they find you? You can reach me at ProtoDude on Twitter my DMs are always open 
And if you don't want to reach me, but want to check me out, you can go to my blog, Rockman Corner. Just type it into Google. You'll find it. Top result. And that's all for us this week on the Fully Charged Podcast. Thank you for joining us once again. And everlasting peace out. Good night, folks. Mm-hmm.